Hey guys, welcome on in. It is time for our Big 12 Football Week 7 Recap and Reaction Show. And what a week it was. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com, of course, is our Big 12 independent digital media outlet. It is great to be here with you guys as always as we are on right now uh, Facebook Live. We are on Instagram Live. We are going to be of course on YouTube after the show and also the podcast. And if you are not on the podcast, please join us there because you know what you get on the podcast? You can get a free koozie. Leave me a rating and a review and subscribe to the podcast and then send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate you guys joining us. And apologies the last couple of weeks. Facebook Live has been cutting out on us. So it's been a little screwy. Hopefully Facebook has its act together and we're good to go. Uh, a lot of big storylines, by the way, coming out of Week 7 in the Big 12 Conference. Uh, let's start off with the team of the year so far in this league, and that is the Oklahoma State Cowboys. My goodness, they come down from double digits to beat the Texas Longhorns in Austin. Now, we'll get to Texas here in a second because Texas has itself some major problems. Two straight weeks, blowing huge leads. That's an indictment on the coaching staff. But you've got to hand it to Mike Gundy, Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator, and uh, just this entire program and this entire team. Because think about what this team did in the non-conference. This team in the non-conference was not looking very good. Missouri State, Tulsa, Boise State. If I told you that Oklahoma State was going to be 6-0 and and likely ranked in the top 10 in the country uh, as we approach late October, would you believe me? Be honest. Would you believe me? The answer is probably not, and nor should you, because I would not have believed myself. What Mike Gundy has done with this team, which is built around defense and Jalen Warren in the running game, who, by the way, I, I think Jalen Warren is a better running back than Chuba Hubbard. I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks and insinuating it, but this guy, I, I mean, first off, there's no ego there, better blocker. He can run between the tackles. He's a house. Chuba Hubbard was a guy who hit the hole. If he got the hole, he was off to the races. He was a track guy playing running back. What you have at a Jalen Warren is a guy between the tackles, gets you that three, four yards, and no doubt is an absolute stud. And he's built for this kind of a team. He is built for this kind of a team and this kind of a program in this kind of a season for Mike Gundy. And I am loving watching what Mike Gundy has done with this team. Now, I still have issues with Spencer Sanders, with the offensive play calling by Casey Dunn. I, I mean, come on. Casey Dunn calling fade routes with Spencer Sanders down in the red zone is a terrible decision. The guy is not accurate enough to make those throws. He's not. And I don't understand why there's this obsession with those fade routes in the corner of the end zone for Casey Dunn. I, I don't get it. So I've got questions about the offensive play calling. But give this team credit. And, and by the way, Oklahoma State better pay Jim Knowles and pay him fast. All right? They better pay him and pay him soon. Because here's my concern about Jim Knowles. And Dave Beal wrote about this on our website on Saturday. Uh, Jim Knowles, if you don't pay him, he's making about eight hundred grand a year. By comparison, Pete Kwiatkowski, the Texas defensive coordinator, who obviously Oklahoma State beat over the weekend, that dude's making $1.7 million. All right? That dude is making $1.7 million more than double Jim Knowles. 
an SEC team or a Big Ten team could come rolling in here and take Jim Knowles right out of Stillwater. I hope it doesn't happen. I don't want it to happen, but Oklahoma State better step up. All right, now let's go to Texas here. Two straight weeks that you have blown big-time leads against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. The talent is there. This team comes out red hot, just like it did last week against OU. And then they just get, I don't know if complacent's the right word, but they just look complacent in these second halves. The last couple of weeks, they have looked complacent. I can't figure it out, but it's been a really bad look for Steve Starkeesian and that coaching staff because these first quarters, they look like national championship contenders in these games. And then the wheels completely fall off for them. And uh, that is a bad look because it means two things. One, complacency setting in with the players and the coaching staff. Two, the coaching staff is not making the changes that the opponents are making on the other sideline. All right, that's the problem right now for the Texas Longhorns. So they've got a couple of games. They've got a bye week, and then they've got... um, A couple of tough games coming up. Baylor's on the schedule and Iowa State. If they don't at least split those games, I'm not saying Sarkeesian's going anywhere, but there are going to be some angry, upset people in Austin this this season. I promise you that much. It's not going to be pretty. Not going to be pretty at all. Uh, Let's go to some of the other games on the schedule here. So let's see. uh, On Facebook Live, by the way, Scott writes, don't be shocked if Oklahoma State loses to Iowa State. That's not going to shock me, but it's going to be a hell of a game because Brocktober is back, baby. I mean, Brocktober is back. Matt Campbell 15-2 and in the month of October. It's unbelievable, but those two losses are to Oklahoma State. All right, that's the interesting part. So we'll get to that here. A couple other games. We'll go in order. The midday games, Baylor-BYU. Uh, this is Patrick on Facebook Live. Why is your who is your pick for Coach of the Year, and why is it Dave Aranda? Uh, oh boy, Dave Aranda, Mike Gundy. What direction do you go right now? I would probably go Gundy, but if you told me it's Aranda, I'm not going to be upset about it. I'm not going to argue you there. I mean, it's been incredible what the guy's done. Uh, Baylor rolling over BYU yesterday. A nice kind of sign of the future, of course, with BYU joining the Big 12. I mean, Baylor's impressing me week after week, more and more, time and time again. I covered the spread. By the way, our picks went 4-1 and one last week. So the last two weeks, our picks are 6-2 and two against the spread. We had a rough start to the year. We're getting better here. The picks are getting better every week. So be sure to go ahead and get on our picks. And speaking of our picks... They're brought to you by, before I get to the games, they're brought to you by MyBookie.com. The promo code right now is BIG12 to get a 100% sign-up bonus on your first deposit. At MyBookie.com, we are hitting our picks. If you haven't gotten in yet, get in now. They've been a longtime sponsor of this show and of what we do at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. So we appreciate them. I put all my picks on on MyBookie.com. That's the platform I've been using for several years since they've been partnered with us. And you can get free money right now. It's NFL Sunday, so might as well use it right now and then continue it next weekend for Week 8 in the Big 12. But go on to MyBookie, sign up, deposit, and type in our promo code BIG12, BIG12, and they double your money right out of the gates. There's none of this like you have to unlock the money. They just double it. So it's a it's a great platform. They're great folks, and, and we're thrilled to be partnered with them once again this season. So MyBookie.com, our promo code is BIG12. All right. So here's my concern, though, if you're a Baylor fan. They're looking great. Um, You know, I continue to like what I see from them. They're going to be heard from in the Big 12 race, no doubt about it. Their fan base should believe they can play for a Big 12 championship this season. They have every right to feel that way. 
But um, and we can talk more about this during the week in the mid midweek podcast that we do. But and you should go find that on iTunes, by the way. But I would be a little concerned. Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports threw it out there yesterday on Twitter. He said Dave Aranda could be a guy that LSU looks at, since most people believe that Ed Orgeron is a dead man walking there in um, in Baton Rouge. Like Baylor's done a good job of paying its guys. I don't know what Dave Aranda thinks. I don't know what his mindset is. But of course, he was the defensive coordinator at LSU before coming to Baylor. I hope, I hope that that's not a real legitimate thing. But it wouldn't shock me if if LSU says, you know what, let's get Coach Aranda back here, fire Orgeron, bring him on in. Uh, so that's that's not an impossible conversation to have to have. Scott says the pass defense does need to improve for Baylor. Yes, it's not a perfect team at all. But they're winning games. They're efficient on both sides of the ball, which you like to see from this Baylor Bears program and this Baylor Bears team. There's a lot of reason for optimism. You go two and seven last year, and you're sitting there right now at uh, you know five and one. You, you've got to be pleased with where things are at right now for this Baylor Bears program. So uh, it is certainly looking up for this team. And and uh, Dave Aranda's got this thing on a great trajectory. Then we've got Texas Tech, Kansas. So. What I can say here is that Texas Tech and Matt Wells finally blew out Kansas. Two years ago, they lost at Kansas. Last year, they went by a field goal at home. Uh, Matt Wells had to blow out Kansas. All right? I, I, you hate to put it that way, but the guy in two years had lost to Kansas and then beat him by a field goal. He needed that desperately. Desperately needed that one to just get it back on track and get it going again. So I, I don't know how that changes going forward, but he really had to get that done. And at least he got the fan base off his back. So that's a, a, a very big deal um, to continue to trend things in the right direction for the Kansas Jayhawks. It just, it had to happen and he had to keep doing it. And, and he did, and he got it done. And um, Kansas does not look good. I mean, Jason Bean's not a guy that I sit there and I say to myself, you know, uh, Jason Bean's going to win some power five games. He doesn't look like that guy to me. He just doesn't. He does not look like that guy to me. And I don't know how that changes or what the plan is for Lance Leipold going forward, but he just doesn't look like that kind of a guy. So that's that's a tough deal. It's a tough situation for him to sit there and say, well, you know, I, I want to build this program. I want to improve things, but I don't know what to do. Like, you don't have the quarterback. That's your problem. All right? So... It looks like, by the way, we've uh, temporarily crashed out on Facebook Live. It's happening every week. I'm not sure what to make of it, but it's a bad deal. So please do join us on Instagram Live. By the way, I see a lot of you on there. Um, We're just still having these Facebook Live problems, and I don't know what to make of it. But it's really frustrating because Facebook Live is just crashing on us. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if it's the anti-SEC bias, but... My apologies to those of you watching on Facebook that we just are getting blown out here week after week, and I don't know what the reason is for it. So thanks for hopping on Instagram Live. Of course, the podcast is the most consistent way to get a hold of us each and every week. All right, let's go to the next game then. Um, Next game, of course, is Farmageddon. All right, so for Farmageddon, Iowa State took care of business in this game. Uh, You've got to give them credit. They hadn't won a game in Manhattan since 2004. That was the last time they won a game in Manhattan. I mean, the guys they're recruiting right now, think about this. The guys that they were recruiting, some of them weren't even alive the last time Iowa State won in Manhattan. 
Now, K-State fans are ticked off, and I don't blame them for being ticked off, okay? I, I really I don't blame you one bit for being annoyed and frustrated with how this season has gone, especially the last few weeks. But at the same time, um, you know, Iowa State still is a team that can play for a Big 12 championship. We know that the problem for Matt Campbell's team is that they simply do not play well early in the season. They get to October. They're now 15-2 and two in October, dating back to 2017. That's an incredible number for Matt Campbell. For whatever reason, these guys, October obviously is a thing, and these guys just play really well in this month. Now, there are two losses, though. The two losses that Matt Campbell has, what month? October against Oklahoma State both times. Both times against Oklahoma State, he has lost in the month of October, dating back to 2017. These two teams are playing each other next week, and I can't wait for it. I can't. But if you're Kansas State, you've got to be frustrated because with Massey out on the defensive line and Duke out at linebacker, the defense has not been the same. But Chris Kleiman's not going anywhere. I, I see all this chatter about how Chris Kleiman's on the hot seat. Chris Kleiman's not on a hot seat? What what are you going to do? I mean, and that's not to be rude to K-State, but what are you going to do? You going to call up Brent Venables for the 17th time the last five years and ask him to take the job? It's not happening. So unless Brent Venables decides he wants to have a homecoming, Chris Kleiman's the guy. I think Chris Kleiman can be the guy to get this team to eight, nine wins, the occasional maybe 10-win season. But, you know, Scotty Hazleton, by the way, leaving as defensive coordinator was a tough blow. Look what he's doing. Uh, look what he's doing, by the way, at, at Michigan State. He's got that team in the top 10, and Scotty Hazleton's defense is a big reason why. But K-State's got to pay the guys. They, they, they've got to pay their coordinators. This is a problem for the Big 12, by the way. And this will be interesting in realignment. Um, what exactly happens in realignment after realignment, when Texas know you are gone, if the money decreases for the Big 12, can they keep their top coordinators? Can Oklahoma State keep Jim Knowles? Can Baylor keep Dave Aranda at, at, um, in Waco? Or does he go to the SEC at some point? Guys like Scotty Hazleton leaving K-State and going to the Big 10. And it's not like he went to Ohio State. He went to Michigan State. That's like a second-tier program in the Big 10. You don't want that to happen going forward. And that's something that every Big 12 school's got to be looking at and addressing uh, going forward. So I'm still high on Iowa State. I mean, they can still play for a Big 12 title. It's just frustrating because of their two bad losses. Not bad losses. I mean, Iowa and Baylor are not bad losses. But still, their losses, and based on what the expectations were coming into the season, they're bad losses. Uh, so there you go. All right. What else do we have from, oh, and of course we've got to get to the Oklahoma TCU game. How about Gary Patterson? I mean, we'll talk about Caleb Williams and what happened there, but Gary Patterson is looking at a fourth straight mediocre season. And this time it's because his defense can't stop anybody. The defense can not, not stop anybody, um, in Fort Worth. I don't get it. I mean, the last three years, the offense can't score. Now the offense can score, and he's got a secondary that stinks. I mean, it's a major problem for Gary Patterson. And, and the guy's got a statue outside of the stadium, so he's not going anywhere. But you're allowed to be ticked off right now if you're a TCU fan. But the story, of course, in this game was Caleb Williams. All the drama Jimmy asks on Instagram, odds Rattler transfers by January. January. I mean, Rattler might be out by Tuesday. This dude's not starting a game again this year. 
All right. He is not starting the game again this year unless there's an injury to Caleb Williams. That's the only way. Caleb Williams is a stud. This dude is the real deal. And I continue to be so impressed by him. Week, I mean, last week, of course, coming in in relief. And then as a true freshman, starting this game against Gary Patterson and just the confidence that was oozing out of this dude. I mean, even there was a moment, by the way, that really stood out to me. And if you were watching this game, you saw this. Uh, Wide open touchdown was dropped by Austin Stogner. Caleb Williams rolled out to his right, hit Stogner right in the hands, and he dropped it. And Caleb Williams, what did he do? As a leader and a good teammate, he threw his head back and he chuckled. Not laughing at Stogner, but saying, you know, dang, that, that, oh, that was right there. It is what it is. You think Spencer Rattler would have reacted like that? Do you believe that Spencer Rattler would have reacted like that in that moment? No. No. Spencer Rattler did not prove to be that kind of a teammate. He just didn't. And that was one of the many issues that there were as of late with Spencer Rattler. And Lincoln Riley, you know, it was a weird week, of course, at OU. You had the OU Daily talking to Spencer Rattler's dad. You had Lincoln Riley canceling press conference, you had conferences. You had Barry Trammell of the Oklahoman calling me a radio hack because of my take on Spencer Rattler. And you know what? I mean, with each passing moment and each passing day, I feel better about my take on Spencer Rattler. I mean, that's, that's just, it's becoming clear as day. Caleb Williams is the guy. Look at how this offense has played differently since Caleb Williams has stepped into this role. It has been night and day for the OU offense. The guys appear to like playing for him more. It's, it's clicking better. It's sinking better. And Lincoln Riley, he can't go any other direction here. This team didn't look like it could win the Big 12 two weeks ago. Now it looks again like it can play for a college football playoff and play in a college football playoff because of the change at quarterback. I know Lincoln Riley wants to be protective of Spencer Rattler. That's his right. That's his guy. That's okay. But if you want to, and you owe it to your team, to this team this year, that some people pick to win a national title, you owe it to this team to play Caleb Williams and never look back. And if Spencer Rattler transfers, so be it. That's the world we live in with the transfer portal. It's going to be okay. Lincoln Riley's going to have another five-star guy waiting in the wings next year, and it'll be all right. But now it's time to do what is in the best interest of this team at this moment and move ahead. And that's it. And And there's really no other conversation or discussion to have around it. But Caleb Williams was a beast in that win over TCU yesterday, and it was a heck of a lot of fun to watch this offense sinking in a way that you really haven't felt it has uh, this season. So uh, that's where we're at after week seven of the Big 12 Conference. I'm Pete Mundo. Please do leave us a rating and a review if you're on the podcast. Also share this on Instagram Live. We apologize about the Facebook Live issues. I have no idea what's going on there, but some major problems um, as we move forward. So we'll, we'll fix that all. We'll, we'll get this up on YouTube as well. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Check out the site, guys. We appreciate you. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast because we've got more content coming up throughout the entire week as we break down and talk about the biggest storylines, talk to our guests, and of course, have our picks as well. We, uh, we appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of the weekend, and we'll talk to you middle of the week here in heartlandcollegesports.com. Take care.